We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. It's time for Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, for these morning shows out there in Atlanta. Scott, Scott, how you doing? Has, has the cold weather gotten there yet? It looks like uh, oh yeah, it's cold yeah. and wet. You've you've heard nice. me complain about the the winters in the in the south. Well, it's 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 not winter yet, but this is what winter feels like. It's forty five and raining, which is just yeah. the worst weather in the world. It's just miserable. So yeah. in the northeast, they call that spring. So I, uh, I I always said the winters here are terrible. I'd just rather have it snow. So I lived in the northeast for a year. Started snowing and then May came along and it was 40 and rain. I'm like, oh, your springs suck. You don't miss 40s and rain. You just push it down the calendar a little bit. I get it now. Yeah, so we've been. You can't avoid Mother Nature. No, she wins eventually every time. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, we've been actually pretty crazy weather out here in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, November is normally the wettest and most volatile month in the Pacific Northwest. And we've been on a dry spell here for about. A week now and it's been cold it's like a classic midwest uh clear winter day where it's like okay well it's clear and beautiful it's 10 degrees 15 degrees colder than it normally is which that's colorado yeah our, our listeners will recognize that one i was yep. listening to the game in nashville this weekend the uh you know it was it was probably 40 but it's just different the coldest i've ever been in my life was 35 degrees in gainesville or I think it was it was either Gainesville or Orlando. Either way, it was it was in Central Florida. They talk about the humidity and the heat. It's it's worse than the cold. I mean, it's yeah. it's just I, I watched four football games sitting on concrete bleachers in 35 degree weather. I've never been so cold in my life. And you know I've gone snow skiing. I've gone motorcycle riding in minus 10. I've gone yeah. snow skiing up in the teens, up in you know in the mountains, Central Florida. Worst I've ever been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need like some hand warmers for your buns in that case. But, uh, but they, let's were, say hello. <laughs> they were saying that the, the, the announcers were they were all complaining about being cold. I'm like the Denver people are coming to Memphis or coming to uh, Nashville. I think Memphis uh, coming to Nashville and saying how cold it is and they're miserable. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the uh, the offense certainly wasn't getting anybody's uh, blood boiling in that one. Or I guess it was blood was boiling, but uh, not, you know, not, not moving. Any few, yeah. <laughs> God. Yeah. Uh, yeah, not great. Um, Kevin Gray coming in talking about uh, the opposite of not great. Great. Good. Always good to see Kevin Gray come in over on YouTube. And if you guys are like Kevin over on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed, liking and sharing over on there. Uh, Kevin says, good morning, Broncos country, Nick and Scott. I don't think there is much they can do. I don't think there's anything that can be done this year. Hope they try uh, Evero at head coach to see uh, Denver Broncos for life. Yeah. So Kevin's getting into the topic of the, of the theme of the show. And I told Scott before we started, I'm like, I, 
I really don't know even hopefully we can come to something uh, here, just kind of talking back and forth, like philosophizing of what the Broncos can do, but what can the Broncos do to get the offense? Not it's not even good, but not worst in Denver Broncos history. Uh, the lowest worst in the NFL, uh, worst in Broncos history in an era where points have been easy to come by. Uh, it's crazy. I know that in the NFL this year, specifically and last year, we've seen a regression in uh, scoring output. Thanks in large part to the Vic Fangio style defense. Um, but still the Broncos are multiple tiers worse than everybody else right now. So not good. Um, we'll get into it. No doubt, uh, Kevin, and hopefully we can come to some, we need, we all need to talk about this together. It's like, we're sitting around the bar right now. Like what the actual heck is going on? How can we fix this? Maybe we're going to eventually drink our way into saying that Scott and I should be lacing up. Who knows? Um, <laughs> Jeremy coming in here morning, boys. The more I watch the Tim Jenkins breaks down, the more I'm convinced Russ is the problem. You better bleeping hope. That's not the actual reality of it, because if that's the case, this we're going to be sitting here for the next two and a half years being like this. Sorry, like it can't do anything. We're stuck. Uh, so he's not playing confident right well, now. Kind of. I mean, yeah. you're you don't necessarily have to play him, you know, like wow. like you're saying. I mean, true. I mean, true. You'd, just, but... you'd become the Atlanta Falcons to a certain extent. Ugh. You'd have, you know, 40 million dollars in dead cap except it would be on your roster. He'd mm -hmm. be on your roster because you can't cut him because then he's $100 million or $80 million. Or next year, if you did, it'd be multiple levels of 40. You'd have $40 million to dead cap two times in a row, uh, two years in a row. And you're playing with $140 million of salary. And with their injuries, you're playing with about $60 million of salary. Um, so it's, again, the Atlanta. you don't, you don't want to be the Atlanta Falcons, but would you be better off if he is the problem you can't keep playing him you know yeah. i mean that's but you can't you can't get rid of him either you know I, I cut up our segment yesterday nick um just talking about it's like listen you're, you're stuck with him for a couple of years 2025 is the earliest that he won't be a denver bronco but again it doesn't mean you have to play him yeah but i'd still like to see healthy wide receiver core which we haven't mm -hmm. seen i'd still like to see uh a competent offensive line, which we definitely haven't seen. I mean, the only people that are healthy are the ones that we don't think are good enough anyway. Yeah. You know, you've got, you've got Reisner. Not, that's not true because Miners is back. Yeah. But, you know, you got Dalton Reisner out there and Miners is your two healthy offensive linemen. Reisner's not a average level starter in this league. He's below average, way below average, and he's replacement level. So your right tackle and left tackles were turnstiles. You yeah. know, in this game, especially after Turner went out, which is too bad because Turner was actually playing. Turner, okay. seemed, I, I was watching him in the first, you know, first twenty minutes before he went out, and I was like, he's he's doing okay, he's serviceable, yeah. But it's it's damning with faint praise at this point, yeah. you know. So I'm not willing to say. I mean, Russ is part of the problem, but again, when your offensive line is this bad, I mean, we're not talking Cincinnati Bengals bad. Oh, they were giving up a lot of sacks. I mean, it's this is replacement level, preseason level offensive line out there at best. I mean, you're down your top two centers. You're down four of your top five offensive tackles. You're down three of your top four wide receivers. You're down running back number one. I mean, it's just 
I don't want to say it's unprecedented because I don't have the the data in front of me to say that, but like just stacking up the names, it's it's pretty freaking unbelievable. But uh, Scott I, and everybody in here, you better hope that uh, Russ is not the problem. The Broncos are probably it'd be shocking if they didn't fire Hackett at the end of the season at this point, given the level of the offensive output and the game management and the penalties and just the record itself. And it's not all Hackett's fault, but you better figure out how Russ is not the problem. I think that uh, you're going to have a new coaching staff in here again next season. You're going to have, you're probably going to throw assets at the offensive side of the ball to improve things there. Even Mm -hmm. if it comes at somewhat of the detriment of the defense. I mean, you kind of already saw that moving on from Bradley Chubb, not going to pay that 20 million next year. You have another first round pick. Probably a lot of it's going to go on the offensive side of the ball. And if the offense is still bottom five, not worse than the league, but bottom five, the variable is probably the quarterback. Um, and at that point, you're going to have to have a long, hard conversation about what to do going forward because you're stuck with him. The earliest, like you mentioned, Scott, we went over the contract yesterday. Man, a lot of people got mad at me uh, for pointing out that the Broncos can move on from Russ in 2025. Like, sorry, folks, we're just talking about the reality. Why would you be mad? Because it's not sooner? Uh, just because giving up on Russell Wilson. Oh, or it's, no, it's not his a, fault. This was a... And, and, you know, I had one person come in because I, I posted that in, in, the, in the comments. Someone got, ha, you really want to do this and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, uh, no, that's not what I said. I said I was answering a question that people said, right. if you want to try and cut or trade, these are the consequences. But, hey, nice rant for someone that actually advocates for doing that right now. I'm not. Like I said, best case is he turns it around and he plays like the guy you paid for. Yeah. yeah. That's the best case. Well, the like you mentioned earlier, the uh, reality of the situation is the earliest the Broncos can probably move on from him is a post-June first cut in 2025. They could do a post-June uh, first cut in 2024, but it would be unbelievable uh, massive cap ramifications. Now, granted, the cap is going to be exploding. You have a wealthy owner, but it's going to hurt you uh, regardless because of the salary cap stuff. Probably... If Russell Wilson continues to play this poorly, even when you change the variables of the coaching staff, the scheme, the players around him, and the offense is still bad, we're probably sitting here a year from now talking quarterback, and it's a rookie quarterback versus Russell Wilson in 2025, probably moving on from Wilson then in 2025. Why? Why rookie? That cost-controlled contract makes it much more palatable uh, to move on from Wilson while still likely, possibly, getting adequate quarterback play. And if it's this bad again next year, you're probably talking about a top-10 pick. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Again. Yeah, the, the uh, you know, if it is Wilson, the, the phrase we use, you've, you've heard this before, Nick, the, the phrase you use about a guy who's got all this potential or whatnot, or in this case that you might have to play that isn't getting it done. And I'm going to be the guy that's their, their coach killers. Mm-hmm. Those are the, if it is Wilson, you're stuck with him. You know, you say, who's going to want to come in and do this? Well, someone that wants a $50 million contract. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's, this is easy. Not getting someone to take over a head coaching job isn't hard. You'll get, you'll get somebody, you might not get the top of the order because a coach that is actually, there's a difference between the quality of coaches where they get to pick their own job because they are sought after versus one of 32 positions. I'm going to take that. In that case, who are we talking about? How many guys that get to pick their own job are free agents or, or coordinators? It doesn't happen very often. Yeah. You know, they're, they're the, 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 the primo jobs are taken. And, you know, you, when you get your shot, you're set for life. I mean, what what's Nathaniel? They don't really they're not as good with contracts on these publicly for some reason. But his contract's got to be in the neighborhood of 30 to 40 million. Yeah. You know, that he'll get paid for this. Mm-hmm. Coordinators don't make anywhere near that. No. Um, so, yeah, the, the money will talk. You'll be you'd be able to do something like this. But let, we're talking next year already. Let's let's get back to this year. Yeah. Let's say some more people in the chat. Um, frustrating times. We'll get into it a little bit and it's still football to analyze. It's better than no football. Uh, Ethan coming in. Thank you so much. Thank you. Good afternoon, gents in Broncos country. Good to see you. Colin Wood also says I watched Jenkins too. It looks like Russ chooses to throw to the wrong guys. Comes up to the line of scrimmage, not making line checks slow to get the play call in. So there's not time to do any of the audibles, uh, half field reads. I mean, it's slow to get the ball out. I mean, a lot, you watched the game, Scott, the offensive line was getting beat. Some of those sacks Russell just ran into, you know, sticking on the first read and then like panics. He doesn't trust the line, obviously. Yeah, You're in bad some situations. of it's 50-50, though, because some yeah. of it he got out of a sack where he should have been sacked because the line yeah. was disgraceful. I mean, yeah. and again, it piles on one another where when you don't trust your line, you don't trust your receivers. You know, he's back there and Russell Wilson doesn't trust anything around him. Yeah. How's he supposed to? How is he supposed to play well? A lot. A lot of this is on him. Fine. Okay. Yeah. What circumstances are leading to a nine-time Pro Bowl quarterback looking this inept? Because it doesn't yeah. happen overnight unless he's got concussion problems or something. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't happen this fast. This is a combination of several things. There isn't just one silver bullet. For me, the silver bullet. Let's start with the O. L. Yeah. Let's throw resources at the OL. Let's improve the offensive line and then take steps from there. Uh, I mean, we, we might start with Nathaniel Hackett. We might start with a new yeah. coach, but from a personnel standpoint, I don't care who the coach is. I really don't. It's not going to get better when you've got third and fourth string offensive linemen out there when your starters weren't very good. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> Luke Wright coming in. <clears throat> Good morning, Nick and Scott. Such a sad season, but I can't wait for the draft now. Off-season draft. I mean, heck, we got a lot of football games still. There's some young, talented players on the Broncos that are going to get opportunities that uh, we're going to be excited about as building blocks going forward. So 
Uh, don't give up on this season just yet, even if three and six and this laughable uh, offensive output is uh, such a downer. Dave Glassman, not a downer, coming in with support. Thank you so much. We appreciate you, Dave, so much. Also, U.S. Dave coming in saying Raider Week, 100%. Let's beat out. Let's beat McDaniels. <laughs> Brian Dunn coming in saying good morning, Nick and Scott. Uh, country, it's been a while. I've been watching later. That's okay, Brian. Good to see you. Bama X is in the house. Good to see you. Um, we got Ernie Mays coming in saying hello, Nick and Scott. Go Broncos. Beat the Raiders. Yeah, this game, if they can play this game at like a 6 a.m. time slot, um, I think that would be good. You know, kind of like when they put some really bad Big Ten West matchups on that uh, 11 a.m. noon uh, time where there's way less eyeballs. This is what the Raiders Broncos should be this week, but we're going to love them just the same and watch them, of course. Ryan Slavic coming in saying, good morning, fellas in Broncos country. When we get a competent head coach, offensive line, offensive coordinator line, and strength coach, we will be rolling. Mm -hmm. Wilson needs a system geared to his strengths, not his weaknesses. Get a better line, my God. Yeah, the the better line. Yes, of course. I want to come come to this point too. This sound like in a big issue and a big point of or a big thing that led to uh, friction in Seattle was that Russell Wilson was not given much reign as far as what was the best offense uh, for him, and he wanted to go to a place that would quote unquote let him cook, right? And so he went from having training wheels on in Seattle to an extent to riding a dirt bike. Uh, in Denver, you know, okay, have fun. God bless you. No curfew, no rules. And the offense has been horrible. I, I almost wonder if there's almost like a play type dysmorphia going on here for Russell Wilson, where he's like, I'm Drew Brees. You're not Drew Brees, buddy. You are down the field, throwing the ball, maybe making some stuff happening ad lib, but you, we are not throwing the quick game at any sort of level right now. The only thing this offense is doing good is uh, the deep play. And that's, you know, that's only good once or twice a game. This probably needs to go back to an offense that was similar to Seattle, where Wilson's playing secondary to a run game being the main fiddle. It would take one hell of an ego for that to be true. And I know I'm talking about an NFL quarterback here because um, most of them just want to win, you know, and Russell yeah. Wilson won a lot of games under Pete Carroll. Um, and Pete Carroll's not the hardest guy in the world to play for. He, he's not. He is a player's coach. He's usually he's he keeps he's, taking shot after shot after shot at Wilson, though. It's it's we're in week what week 11 <laughs> and there's still interviews going on where he's taking shots. It's it's insane. Uh, the re resistance to the wristband, wristband, wristband. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you, you saw that was eight questions. I counted them last week. Eight questions from the Denver media asking about wristbands. I'm like, all right, you're really fishing for your soundbite for your response now, aren't you? Yeah. But anyway, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I had I didn't follow it. You know, Seattle Seahawks fans, they without a doubt picked one side. But that guy's still in Seattle. Okay, mm -hmm. so they're biased, and and you know you hear me say just because you're biased doesn't mean you're wrong. So how much is he degraded? Oh, we told you he was this bad. Well, he wasn't this bad. He wasn't. You know, Carson Wentz numbers of 26 touchdowns and seven interceptions. And you're talking about a team that's a Super Bowl contender right now. Mm -hmm. he, he wasn't he wasn't ever this bad. Not ever. Um, so how much of it was the friction? Okay, I'm 33 years old. I got a Super Bowl ring. I want to go try something new. Okay, you have. You're probably going to get your coach fired. And the new guy coming in is going to have autonomy. Or he's not coming in. Say, listen. Yeah. I'm coming in. I'm going to have, um, 
he's not a player's coach. Clearly, you didn't see him at USC. I actually lived in LA at the time and covered USC and was at practices every day for like six weeks. I saw him at USC. Um, so going back to uh, Russell Wilson and anybody new coming in, it's going to be, it's, it's my way or the bench. Your way didn't work. And, and, and frankly, that's what Nathaniel Hackett should say if it's not too late. We're developing this offense together. Um, you know, that's that was a scary sentence. That's a scary thought. Coach, you know, quarterbacks aren't offensive coordinators. I mean, mm-hmm. using this as an example, Matt Ryan is a 37-year-old veteran quarterback who is known as being cerebral more than athletic, comes in. First-time play caller, first-time coach. Guess what Matt Ryan's job is? To listen to them. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. you've got input and feedback, but who's in charge? And this know? is something we talked about for a while, like the the power dynamics going yeah. on who's, here. Who's in charge? And if, if Hackett's not in charge, you don't need to be there. Yeah. If he's getting this... his legs cut out from under him by George Payton, then Hackett, that will be an easy excuse come interview time. When he's mm-hmm. gone and he he's running here looking like a buffoon, he, it's going to be an it's going to be an easy interview for him. Like, listen, they cut my legs out from under me. They yeah. they gave everything to Russell Wilson, and I was just there doing nothing. I had to get out. They paid me thirty million dollars to do it. Yeah. Speaking of thirty million dollars, whatever that means. Dom uh, says, "Good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. It's a big old dumpster fire here in Denver. The Broncos are still my team, and I'm true blue and orange till I die. Have a great day. Good to see you. Appreciate you. Yeah, desert creature. The real hard hitting stuff here. Broncos are talking about new uniforms." Anything to distract us from the product on the field. Um, Colin also says, maybe think uh, about different uniforms every week. If they're lucky, nobody will recognize them. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> uh, we got Sackman coming in saying, prepare yourself, folks. There's no way to beat the Raiders this week. Just trying to help. Broncos can certainly beat the Raiders this week. Uh, the Raiders have an absolutely garbage dumpster fire defense. They are the almost the opposite of the Broncos here. Well, I guess they're not the opposite of the Broncos because if they are the opposite of the Broncos, they'd have the number one offense in the NFL. But uh, the Raiders have probably almost just as bad of a defense as the Broncos have offense. Uh, so Broncos are going to be able to put some points in this one. And uh, you don't think they're that bad? I mean, they let the I Colts. don't think they're that bad. I mean, the, 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 the Broncos are historically bad on offense right now. Yeah, the Raiders are not it's, historically. Are they that bad? Um let me see what the, where the Raiders are. The Raiders might not even be last in defensive leaders, points. The Raiders aren't. They're 32, 31, 30, 29. They're 28th. Okay. Giving up 25 points per game. The Detroit Lions are given 29.3. Um, whereas if you, you know, we were to run percentages, points per game, the Broncos are DFL. At 14.6, the next closest is 15.6. So, I mean, it's <laughs> so bad. They're, uh, you said almost, which is fair, but the the Raiders' defense is better than the Broncos' offense. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Yeah. 
Sorry I had that comment up there. I didn't read it all the way through. I wanted to highlight a new person, and I saw they were uh, cussing us out and cussing the Broncos out, so apologize for that. Um, comment deleted. Choose kindness. Um, U.S. Dave coming in and saying, maybe we need a long snapper to give Russ more time. Hilarious. Um, Bama X saying, well, with this offensive line right now, nothing. I think he's talking about the topic here. Uh, even then, when players are drawn up, uh, we seem not to be able to find the primary wide receiver. Looks like we're going to have to blow this up again in the offseason. Yeah, the Broncos have... I think two more goal, two goals, uh, the rest of the season on the offensive side of, I, on the offensive side of the ball, in my opinion, number one, and they kind of are in conflict of each other. So you have to walk a fine line here. Uh, but number one is trying to figure out what, how to get Russell Wilson w- trending towards being right again, which again, with the offensive line, probably hard to do, but at least figuring out something that works for him or working on some area of the game that you can l- translate uh, over to next season. The other part is finding guys who deserve to be on this roster, maybe with a larger role next season. We're in evaluation time. So Luke Wattenberg, uh, he probably is going to play this week with Graham Glasgow suffering that shoulder injury. We're finding out if you are not worthy of starting next year, but can you become the what Graham Glasgow was supposed to be this season, the first interior guy off the bench at Garden Center? You're going to get a chance now. Uh, hopefully that center, uh, center exchange is <laughs> a little bit better. If you're the first guy off the bench, you're probably going to get a chance too because – they drop like flies around here. Yeah. Uh, or at least one of the first few guys off the bench. Um, the wide receiver position, Jerry Judy's out. KJ Hamler dealing with a hamstring. Jalen Virgil getting one reception. I I don't remember who the commenter is, who's Jalen Virgil's burner, but probably time uh, to have uh, Jalen get more snaps. Brendan Johnson looked great in preseason. Probably time to get him a little bit m- more of a role as well. And if any of these running backs you're considering for next season, like Chase Edmonds has a massive cap hit ride the heck out of him and see if there's anything there where he'd be worth coming back next year. We're, we're in evaluation time. And I know that sometimes can be in contrast to uh, Russell Wilson. Cause you need to have the best guys out there to give him a chance, but gotta, gotta walk that line. It's, it's hard. Um, no doubt. We got the yeah, great I mean, blowing it up. It, it won't be hard to blow up the offensive line. No, I mean that everything else again, everybody's healthy. I mean, that's the whole part of it. It's like, how do you even say that anymore? But your skill positions are still in pretty good shape. You know, your, yeah. your defense is in good shape. Your offensive line is atrocious. Um, That will help your quarterback, your quarterback, you know, it works in congruency, but Tim Patrick coming back, even if he's not quite 100%, Tim Patrick coming back will help. Cortland Sutton will help. Jerry Judy may or may not be there, but then there will be, an influx of someone else between Hamler and, and Judy, there will be somebody there that is a legit number three. And Dulcich is going to, you know, again, getting a full season out of him. He's looked really good. Um, and again, you know, I think, um, I don't know if it was Jeremy or someone else said when I mentioned trust, um, they basically said nobody is, nobody trusts anybody out there. And, and yeah, and that comes down to coaching and leadership. Mm-hmm. So it's, as bad as it is, it's not impossible to fix over the course of one year. You know, that should be the sales point to whoever you're bringing in for a coach. It's like, listen, we just spent $15 million on, on interior alignment and used a high draft pick. Tim Patrick coming back healthy, our defensive line, we re-signed who we needed to re-sign. We're, we're good. We're ready, to, we're ready to go again as long as, you know, it's not all Russell Wilson, which I, I just don't believe. I mean, I'm not saying, he, again he's not playing well, but he's not this bad. He's not, this is, 
this is unbelievably bad. He's not this bad. And we kind of talked about it on here a little bit before, but they had the training wheels there in uh, Seattle, very much a run first offense and half field reads, chucking it deep to, you know, crazy good down the field receivers, great defense. And also he's looks like he's lost athleticism. I mean, he did a good job of avoiding sacks in this one by being sturdy, but then when he put his foot in the dearth, he it looked like he was running in quicksand, not going anywhere fast. And with how defenses schematically have evolved over these last three seasons, you're seeing way less uh, bo- guys in the box, uh, single high safety looks, et cetera, et cetera. All things that Russell Wilson has feasted on in his career to date. So it, he, I don't think he's this bad. I agree with you, mm-hmm. but it might be a result of skill diminishing and the game evolving past you. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, right now, how many old quarterbacks are playing great football? It's the guys who are dynamic that can force defenses into single high looks because they're such a good runner um, on top of the throwing or extending plays or throwing from different arm slots, which while Russell Wilson is a solid athlete, you don't really see him throw from the different arm slots or off platform very accurately. I mean, you saw Pete Carroll talk about it in the following week one. If you force Russell Wilson out of the pocket and to the left, he's not accurate. He misses guys like crazy. That was our game plan all game long to do that. You think Russell Wilson broken plays athletic, blah, blah, blah. Data kind of suggests otherwise. So it's interesting. Uh, Greg Smith, want to say hello. Had you on up here for a second. Top of the morning, Broncos for breakfast. Good to see you, Greg. Michael Ronquillo also saying good morning. Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. We appreciate you so much. Our guy, Miguel, coming in saying good morning, fellas, over on Facebook. Always good to see him. Miguel says good morning, fellas. Savage boy, Kev underscore zero two saying it frustrates me to think the Broncos would have scored 18 points. We'd now be eight and one. 18 points. I mean, it doesn't even seem like real life, right? It's just insane. Uh, Tilly train coming in and the commanders kind of showed us what to do, put two blocking tight ends and run the ball. Will Russell Wilson allow you to play under center with two tight ends out there. Do you have two tight ends worth playing uh, out there? Can, can your tight ends be enough functional blockers that uh, they are adding there? I mean, it's just, it's not good uh, right now for the Broncos. Two tight ends is definitely something the Broncos should consider. Uh, no doubt going forward. This is a, there's two really good tight ends coming up in the upcoming draft uh, in Michael Mayer at Notre Dame and Darnell Washington at Georgia. I personally would not use a, f- a first-round pick on a tight end unless they're a God-level prospect like Kyle Pitts was. Neither of these guys are that kind of guys. Like if it was a you, Georgia fans in here will know. Bowers, if Bowers was in this class and he fell to you, okay, let's let's talk. But I don't see Michael Mayer or a Darnell Washington being that guy. But um Definitely something to consider for the future going forward. Maybe it's something that you find this year, uh, more of a two tight end offense, deep play actions. The issue is the offensive line is so poor that even if you're playing the two tight end sets, they're going to be like, run the ball. I don't care. We're going to beat you up front anyway. Play play your less dynamic uh, pass catchers. We're still going to play like it's the pass. And Scott's taking a sip, so let's say hello to falling sloth. You you, you mentioned, you know, run first offenses. And I, I just think of the dynasties I grew up with, San Francisco 49ers. Okay. Yeah, it was Joe Montana's three or four time Super Bowl MVP, but it was still an eye formation, big tight end, two big wide receivers, run first. That's why the numbers, you look back historically, and the numbers are like the numbers the quarterbacks had that were Joe Montana like would be mediocre at best in today's passing game. Mm-hmm. Um, Troy Aikman, Hall of Fame quarterback. Several. This is the next. The next dynasty in in my lifetime was the Dallas Cowboys. You know, Emmett Smith back there, Moose Johnson, uh, big tight end, two big wide receivers. Um, 
you know, the, the idea that you can't be run first and still be the guy at quarterback is wrong. <laughs> you know, it, it, it works together. It, the, the whole thing right now is, again, it's, I'm at a little bit of a loss for words because this is so, this was, to me, this was unpredictable that it could be this, this bad. It really was. I mean, yeah. even the, the biggest naysayers wouldn't have predicted this. Yep. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, Broncos made a deal with the devil to get Super Bowl 50. That's the only thing that makes sense. <laughs> uh, Fallen Sloth coming in. Good morning, Broncos country. Good to see you. It was a rough week. Our offense looked like it might get some traction in quarter two, but the Glasgow injury seemed to set it adrift again. I mean, I think it's very possible that we talked about it heading into that game. I think this was very much a game planned Jerry Judy game and to lose him on the first offensive snaps. If I mean story of the season, but after that, they kind of just crapped themselves. I mean, there was all you had this game was one broken play and mm -hmm. there was a cover zero. Look why the hell the Titans went to a no high safety look is beyond me, but um, the whole offense was not functional uh, before quarter two, even it got worse in the second half. No it was doubt. seven zero. And then the drive to put up three points was aided by a couple of big penalties. Yep. You know, we're extended by penalties, 15 yard to get you a field goal range, a defensive holding, or it was an offsides. Something gave you a first down and extended. Otherwise you're punting. So it was a little bit of a mirage where mm -hmm. you've got a, you know, kind of a gimmick out there in a hundred meter sprinter who gets open. But on the, on the positive side of that, the offensive line actually blocked Mm -hmm. <laughs> on that one they gave him time he set his feet found the open guy and it worked um again that hasn't always been happening for sure but there was everybody we, we talked about you know that's why the, the rules changed to aid the offense because playing offense is hard you know mm -hmm. one guy can fail an offense and the play is done well, 10 guys could fall down but as long as i sack the quarterback on defense the play i, I win so a lot has to go right for it to work and on that play that play in particular it did yeah oh, rough we got id williams coming over on twitch saying i like dan quinn and brian schottenheimer combination for russ next year what do you guys think i think that it's very possible that george payton goes to that well uh, i think that that's the guy he originally wanted to hire some stuff with the contract with dan quinn and the broncos pr uh pushing more for an offensive guy i think it's possible dan can dan quinn comes in and writes the ship We'll see if that happens. Uh, also keep an eye on Frank Reich. Of course, I think the Sean Payton stuff is a uh, f a dream right now. Also, Broncos aren't it. I know that you want to get the coach right, but giving up a first-round pick for a guy who's going to get a pick where he goes when you need all the capital you can uh, to improve this offense, it's a it's a Jimmy's and Joe's league, not an X's and O's. I'd love to have Sean Payton here. I don't think it'd be great um, for the Broncos to give up a first-round pick to do that. The compensation I would try and use is money. Yeah, I I try and say here's a fifty million dollar buyout, you know whatever. If 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 you can, the money doesn't matter on that. It's it's not necessarily draft picks. It's just compensation. The the Saints could let him walk for nothing. You don't have to give up a first round draft pick. Yeah. But in the team building era and the way that things are set, you probably would. So Kayleon, he's coming in on Facebook. He says good morning. You know who I feel like we haven't seen in a while, and we were asking about you the other day. Mark Schrader says good morning, everyone. Good morning, Mark. Hope you are doing well. Apologize I haven't checked in. I've been thinking about you because we haven't seen you. So I hope you are doing okay. Cristiano coming in too. I thought I turned off my heat, but it sounds like maybe the the, the partner has uh, 
the hot water going or showering or something. But Cristiano, good morning, friends. So glad to be here to mitigate the Broncos' misery a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Jamel coming in saying something. I'd say call it Brandon Johnson. If Jerry Judy's going to be out for a bit, luckily, sounds like he did dodge a bullet. I haven't heard anything on Glasgow. Russell Wilson yesterday said, going to miss playing with you, big dog, or something like that about Billy Turner. So I'm guessing Billy Turner is probably going to be out. But uh, I'm here uh, for the... uh, Hardly knew you. Not yet. God. I'm here for the Brandon Johnson um, call-up, no doubt. Uh, We also got saying, thoughts on Brandon Johnson possibly being activated this week, and I think he's a missing piece. I don't think he's a missing piece, per se, but you are kind of like bringing it back to the point earlier. Brandon Johnson could be a key contributor for 2023. So you probably need to get the reps to develop and see what he has out there, especially because given the constant injury history of Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler, the fact that they were previous regime picks and the fact that they were already uh, floated around as trade pieces, it's very possible. One, if not both of those guys are here next year in Denver uh, traded to pivot uh, how this team is built. So got to figure out what's going on with Brandon Johnson. If he can be a possible solution. I'd like to think the missing piece could possibly be, an undrafted free agent wide receiver who played six years in college and had 1500 yards of receiving if it was that easy, but unless he's playing left tackle guard, unless he's playing offensive line, that ain't it. Um, he, he, he actually had a good year at UCF about 500 mm-hmm. something yards, 11 touchdowns and has looked good preseason in glimpses, but missing piece. I don't think, I don't think so. Um, again, talks a little bit about you know Jalen Virgil you know Jalen Virgil is a track guy playing football mm-hmm. he can be in there for uh, gimmicks isn't the right word but you know as a change up to give a different look and hey if they don't cover him he's going to run by everybody um, but Brandon Johnson isn't a plus NFL receiver at this point in his career but he could be part of the solution where even if he's like wide receiver for next year you can mm-hmm pivot resources elsewhere do we already have somebody here where we can then look elsewhere to improve the team rather than having to use a day two pick at wide receiver you know it's that kind of conversation which is probably not going to make much of a difference for this season unless jerry judy's out for an extended period of time and brendan johnson's a better fit than say uh jalen virgil but who knows um we got brendan cook coming in saying do you guys do a show every morning definitely going to be here now every morning been listening before youtube love huddle up Uh, we do a show the Broncos for breakfast. We're here Monday, Tuesdays, and Thursdays. And then you have uh, Thomas Hall and uh, his Mile High Legends, uh, Broncos Legends show on Friday morning. So Wednesday morning, Scott and I do a Falcons show. Come January, it's going to be a little bit more draft-centric rather than just the Falcons. But yeah, we're here uh, in the mornings, no doubt. We're on every morning. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Not the weekends, though. Happy to have the weekends off. Uh, We got DH3 with a... uh, Good comment here um, saying Bama X, these fans acting like Russ is supposed to pass block and run block for the team. Someone tell me why the run game isn't working. Offensive line trash. No, Russell's fault too. Okay, so this is, there's we can go into this one for a bit. Russ is playing bad, but it's not all his fault because the offensive r- around him is playing poorly as well. The run game not working, uh, and this is, I don't know what's going on here with this, but it doesn't seem like he ever goes to the line of scrimmage and makes a pre-line check. A lot of quarterbacks simply will count heads in the box and then, then, what is, are, then what is Reisner doing on every snap? Every single snap, Reisner. I think of watching, um, watching. Uh, what was the 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 uh, MTV football one that I love? You know, with Billy Bob. I, Friday Night Lights. No, 
have no idea. Oh, uh, uh, no idea. Are you kidding me? Billy Bob and Tweeter and James Earl Vanderbeek and was it the uh, what was the name of that movie? Anyway, channel get us in here. He goes around. He says, he goes, is this the play where I want? I go downfield and act like I'm lost. You know, when they're running the hook and ladder, that's where Reisner every single play with the clock ticking down is doing this. Every single play, he's looking over his shoulder. And I, I just, I, uh, if he's not making checks or calling lines, I'm like, then, then, then what's he doing? Why is Reisner out there always looking like he's lost? According to you, uh, Google, Billy Bob varsity Thornton Blues, was in thank you. I've Friday Night Lights a zillion times. Oh, it was Varsity Blues? Okay, he was also in uh, Friday Night Lights. <laughs> so Who was? Billy Bob Thornton. No, you mentioned Billy, Billy. No, Billy Bob. Billy Bob was the offensive lineman. Have you not seen Varsity Blues? It's been a long time. I was like in you middle know, school. Whipped cream, bikini, and all yes. that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's come been, on, it's man. Been a bit. It's been a bit. Um, yeah, I've seen it a zillion times. Uh, Varsity and, Blues. There and for go. some reason, I uh, come. On. But again, Walt watching Reisner pre-snap makes me think of, of Billy Bob. Is this is this the play where I go down, go down, and run around, and act like I'm lost? That's yeah. Reisner out there. So what are they doing pre-snap that it takes them all the way down to the, the clock to get down to zero with Reisner wandering around like this, like he's lost? I don't think he does that in the home games. I think it's only in the away games, and I think it's something that they worked in to uh, get the snap right um, on the road environment. Uh, I'll have to watch for it in this Raiders game. Maybe there'll be enough Raiders fans there that they'll still have to do it because it sounds like there's going to be a lot of no-shows in that game. Don't blame you, Broncos fans, uh, for that, but... We'll see. I, I always found it as more of a snap count thing where he looks at Russ, and then once the snap goes, he will uh, tap the center um, before the snap, but not a uh, line. Like you're not seeing Russell Wilson go out there and call out a pre-snap adjustment to a, like, oh, we have a RPO look here. Wow, they have a bunch of guys. RPO is a bad call. We have a quick slant kind of call here. There's a bunch of guys uh, not in the box. We have a gr- very favorable running look here. We're going to switch. We're going to audible to an outside zone or a split zone. I uh, just haven't seen that uh, very much. So Russell Wilson's and it's also the nature of the quarterback position. You're going to get way too much of the credit. If you're great, you're going to get way too much of the blame. If you're bad, you're going to have to figure it out. And the thing is too, we're going to find out. It's kind of like the same thing. We had the conversation with drew lock two years ago. It's like, well, if he's good or not, guess what? We're going to probably find out next season uh, given the sample size. Cause we are married to lock, but you're going to give him another chance. You're married to Russell Wilson next year. You're going to have to, you know, pick a new cast of characters out there and hopefully improve that. But if he's the level of quarterback that's franchise caliber getting paid like this, even if you have average starters out there and average offensive line, you should get a top 15 caliber offense. So we're going to find out. We're going to find out. It's not binary. It's not yes, no. It's not. It's the offensive line's fault. It's no, it's not. It's Russell Wilson's fault. No, it's not. It's. It's Nathaniel Hackett's fault. And someone came in here. I'm not sure who it was earlier in the ch- in the chat. Says, uh, let me see if I can find it. How can uh, it was Anthony? Anthony came in. He said, I understand when we talk about who's to blame that Peyton's name's not getting mentioned more. He should be on the hot seat with Hackett and fired with Hackett if it comes to that. He's not blameless here at all. Um, no. When you're talking about talking about uh, who hired you know who hired the coach. Who hired all the the, the first time coordinators? Who um, made the big trade for Russell Wilson? Who decided to make the contract extension? Those are all so far misses, mm-hmm. but he's done a lot of good things too. 
So, you know, I'd be willing to say one more year for George Payton because he has shown that he can do things. Cap management, contract extensions until Russell Wilson, which is a big one. I know. <laughs> oh, yeah, except for that iceberg. We were having a great trip. Um, yeah. That that I agree with you, Anthony. You know, he's not blameless. And I, I've said since the middle of last year, my mark on him last year was I don't think he was doing enough to address the right tackle positions. Oh, we've got 15 million in available cap room. So what? You got a black hole at right tackle. You've got resources. Do something. Um, so I agree. It's uh, and, and there there are some questions. Does he survive this? And I think the consensus among the MHHers is he'd get to hire one more coach, but he wouldn't do it by himself. The, the ownership group would be involved. They even if it's we're going to bring in some consultants to help to help mm-hmm. walk us through this process so we understand it. Uh, some outside consultants, but no, I, I agree with you, Anthony. So getting back into it, what can the Broncos do to improve? Uh, going forward uh, on this offensive side of the ball. It's going to be impossible to make it that much better given the constraints of the the cap, where you are in the season, the injuries, et cetera, et cetera. I do hope that uh, Cam Fleming coming back soon, uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, will help the offensive line. I mean, God bless Quinn Bailey out there as your, was it, seventh offensive tackle on the depth chart. Uh, that's uh, unbelievable. That's so freaking unbelievable. Uh, but Cam Fleming this season, Outside of Quinn Miners, I think was your best offensive lineman, and he was playing at a serviceable level. Uh, he's never going to be great against speed rushers, but um, his run blocking is actually pretty good, uh, and can, especially considering what you're paying him. There's a reason that the Broncos moved him and was the first choice at left tackle uh, before Calvin Anderson. Calvin Anderson's, I think, a little bit better in pass protection, but not nearly as good as uh, moving guys um, in the run game. So getting Cam Fleming back, I think, will be helpful. I, I think the this person that uh, it doesn't even exist, but Tom Compton's been practicing maybe with the injuries coming in here. Maybe that's something you consider. Uh, I know that they've never done it with Denver, but I've always been curious about maybe Reisner getting some snaps at center as well. Uh, maybe that's something you can consider uh, if you don't like Wattenberg and Glasgow's out for a bit. I know you're really changing things. That's not likely, but you, you got to just kind of throw some stuff at the wall at this point, right? The last one here for me, improving the offense. I'm hoping that Mike Boone, he got hurt in the Jets game with the four game IR should be coming back soon. Once Mike Boone comes back, release Melvin Gordon. Move on from Melvin Gordon. Every time he touches the football, it squirts out. I don't know what the heck is going on there, but whatever the usage is of him, it's not worth it. It's not worth the contract. I've been a staunch supporter of Melvin Gordon. He was very good for the Broncos uh, last season and uh, been fine considering the second contract, but he's been bad this season. He's definitely not a part of the long-term plans. Maybe, Maybe Mike Boone is. I, I I don't know. Uh, Mike Boone looked awesome, actually, in that Jets game before he got injured. Probably your most explosive combination of inside-outside runner uh, that you had. Maybe that's something there you can lean on in the outside zone, where Melvin Gordon just looks totally different uh, with when he tries to carry the football right now because it's just squirting out. Uh, so those are some you know throw-crap-at-the-wall thoughts that maybe the Broncos will try. Melvin Gordon touched the ball 12 times, and the ball hit the turf three of them. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I told you about this before. There was a, a goalkeeper that had a 50% save percentage. I said, every time there's a shot on target, I feel like it's going to go in half the time. I'm right. Every time the ball's headed towards Melvin Gordon, I feel like it's going to hit the ground one out of four times. I'm right. Um, that's bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's, it, it is, you've got chase Edmund and Mike Boone is back. You got Murray, 
what are we talking about here? Running back three and the distribution of carries was seven for Gordon. Uh, Murray had nine. Chase Edmonds had two. Um, you know, and then it was 3.4, 2.7, and 4.5 on averages. You know, it's not like you're wearing anybody out. Mm-hmm. So, again, I, how, how do you give him the ball? And, and the thing is, is right after he fumbled the ball out of bounds when he got hit, he was right back in there again. It's 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 blinders. It's mm-hmm. it's uh you know the definition of insanity. I've I've seen some quotes in here. There's another one. The definition of insanity. Keep doing the same thing over and over again and expect different results. Yep, unfortunate. James Webb coming in. Love your telescope. Uh, saying I'm late, but top of the morning, Nick and Uncle Scott. Thank you so much, James Webb. We appreciate you coming in with the super chat, flashing blue on there. Um. Do you have any thoughts about the offensive line shuffle? Um, I see there was a comment here from Cristiano, who I don't know if we said hello to earlier, but I see a Cristiano. Um, would love to see an offensive lineup of Fleming, Reisner, Glasgow, Miners, and Compton run the ball. Compton was really good at running the football last season at right tackle for the 49ers. This is assuming he's even healthy, but you want to really run the football, take Reisner out of this group, put Fleming, Moody, Glasgow, Miners, Compton, and run the ball 60% of the time out there, even though you don't really have any dynamic running backs. Maybe you protect Russell Wilson. Uh, from himself and from hits in that guard. But I've got a big hammer in Latavius Murray. You yeah. know, that's that's who I want to use in the first half. I'd like Latavius Murray to have 12 to 15 touches in the first half, and then maybe I use my scat backs, my quicker backs later on. Yeah. Um, U.S. Dave says, when was when was last Gordon's last fumble? Um, officially, it's been a while. His first, but he it, if they had challenged it, they probably would have given him the fumble, a lost fumble in the first quarter. Um, he got hit out of bounds and, and the ball popped out and then uh, dropped pass. So it was, it was three times with the ball. He's just not holding on to the ball. And, you know, he's not, if that's Derrick Henry out there and you're counting on, you know, 200 yards and, 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 and stuff, but it's not right now. He's it's so in his head that he's not an effective offensive piece right now, which doesn't cover up for the fumbles, you know, the, the risk of fumbling. He's just not, not getting it done. Yep. Yeah. He's maybe even uh, moving on from him for the small cap space would be better. <laughs> I don't know. I've been a big staunch supporter of Melvin Gordon, but at this point you, it's not working. And I know a lot of that most run games effectiveness is 80, let's say 75% offensive line, 10% running back. And the rest of it is the quarterback and wide receivers around it. But most of it comes down to the offensive line. And this offensive line is getting very little push right now. Uh, Lawrence Rivera saying Gordon just um, much better in practice. They keep uh, him. Trust me, guys. There's no comparison to him. And the other backs we have just need to scrape the whole running back room. If that's the case, I thought Mike Boone was looking okay out there in that Jets game, small sample size, but the way Gordon's running right now, he just doesn't trust himself. doesn't trust his vision. Doesn't trust holding the football. There's no zip. There's no giddy up at the second level when he does get a lane. So, and they don't hit in practice. The, the, the contact in practice has been limited to almost zero. The two places, the two positions that are the most worthless to try and evaluate in practice are running back and linebacker. Because unless you are hitting or being hit, you don't know what you've got. So until they go live, you can't evaluate a linebacker or running back. And once they've gone live, right now, Gordon's had his day, but right now he's a liability. 100%. And the uh, final thing here, we see some comments about moving uh, minors to center from right guard. If you were just playing all out for this season, 
uh, then maybe that's a conversation. But I think Miner's long-term position is right guard. You f- that's the one spot on the offensive line you feel good about for next season. Like, okay, we got right guard figured out. The rest of it, who the hell knows? Uh, but I think if you're moving uh, Miner's to a new spot when he's still learning to get comfortable at the NFL level at right guard, I think that's a unless you have long-term uh, plans about putting Reisner at or excuse me, Miner's at center. Uh, you need to keep him at right guard. It's about the long-term uh, projection for him. Bam Hex comes in. So at the end of the day, our team is just soft. Uh, how many times did you, Bam Hex, you've been watching a while. How many times did you hear me say bullied in the trenches last year? Yeah. It, it hasn't gotten better on the offensive side of the ball. The defense has been addressed. The defense is dictating now. Um, you know, I saw a comment. Everybody's Mostly. acting like, everybody's acting like Evero took over, you know, a, a bad defense and has elevated them. Well, one, they were top three in scoring, but that was a little bit of smoke and mirrors. That was taking the air out of the ball and limiting the possessions. They weren't top three in scores per, you know, per drive. People were scoring. They were just taking a little bit longer to doing it. And then the Broncos were actually getting a few first downs last year and then punting and you'd have longer drives. So, the defense, while statistically was a top five unit in scoring, as far as actually stopping people and getting them off the field consistently, they were not a top five unit. This defense has improved. And to be able to do that amongst this environment right now with some changes and everything you've done is a plus for first-time coordinator Ajiro Evero. Um, he's 41 years old. You know, I've seen some people say, you risk losing him and ruining the defense. You're three and six. You know, if 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 you you risk losing him, if you don't elevate him, if you were to make a move, if you were to if you were to just leave him as defensive coordinator, he ninety nine percent would not be here next year. So if you want to keep him, you give him a shot as an interim coach, as a, as an interim head coach. So if, if Hackett's gone, Ebro's probably gone uh, because he's going to get interviews for. He will get interviews for head coaching positions in this offseason. I guarantee it. 100%. 100%. So got to figure it out and talk about the team being soft at the end of the day. It's something we'll have to talk about another time. This offense has no identity at all. What do they do well that they can lean their hat on at the end of the day? What makes them a good team? I think ideally it would have been that it really sucks. Javante Williams got hurt because he could have been like, let's just lean on the run game and we have a dynamic running back and he's going to break some and keep you on time if the as long as the offensive line doesn't do another freaking false start um but to cristiano coming in and saying exactly can't say the d is soft after the run defense against henry and the titans offense one thing i will say about the defense that i wouldn't say they're soft but they've given up a lot of points going into the the second half uh, at the end of the first half which is disappointing not really uh, you know sweep the leg cobra kai and also and this is partially fault of the offense but turnovers are not happening. Uh, there's no, they're not taking the ball away. They've had pretty good on strip sacks, but there hasn't been a lot of tip, trip, uh, tip drills, et cetera, et cetera, where they're taking the ball away, which this offense needs. I mean, zero defensive points this year. You think at some point with the defense being this good, they'd at least have one defensive score. Maybe they should have had that DJ Jones one. I digress. And you get Randy wanna... Gregory back. He was good for those game changing plays, you know, so was Baron Brown thing. Um, and hopefully he'll be back soon. Uh, and we talked about one of the things you could do. I talked about running a, a, a true four, three, the Broncos one upped it in one of the drives. I, I, I didn't notice it in the first, but one of the, it was like the second or third drive from the Titans on first and 10, it was a three, five with three defensive backs. There was your, 
there was your three down linemen, your two edge guys as outside linebackers, and then all three inside linebackers were there. I'm like, wow, first and 10, throw the ball on me. I, I like it. I mean, that's exactly what we had talked about. There's one guy that's going to beat us out here, and it's Derrick Henry. We're not going to let him beat us. 100%. 100%. Well, guys, uh, we're going to get on out of here. I got to get into my other job, but we appreciate the heck out of you guys. Uh, thank you so much for coming in, and thanks for those of you that contributed to the show financially. I know the Broncos have been rough, but you guys continue to join us, even if you're not contributing, uh, is very helpful. But especially a uh, shout-out to those of you that are contributing and uh, helping us keep the lights on in here. Make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I am at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you're following us at MHH Pod and at uh, PFB underscore pod, and of course, at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you're joining our Facebook community at facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle pod and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle. And as the ticker says underneath there, please remember to subscribe, like, and share. We appreciate the heck out of you guys. You are definitely making the season a lot more enjoyable. Uh, Shout out to Scott as well. Scott, I'm sorry that we brought you into this absolute cluster, you know what, of a uh, (laughs) football team that has just been unbelievable uh, to watch these last few uh, seasons, unfortunately, but eventually it'll get better, right? Eventually it'll get better. Um, maybe by the time Patrick Mahomes is getting closer what to retire than a lifelong Atlanta sports fan to bring in someone that's struggling and know how it, you know, that can empathize with you. Yeah. Yep. Yep. hundred percent. Well guys, Raiders game this week. None. Nah, we'll be back again. I'll be back again tonight. Um, Carl and I will talk a little bit more overarching stuff. And then Wednesday with, uh, Scott and I again, Luke's out this one. And then Scott and I Thursday morning, we'll start to, uh, look ahead more to the, uh, the impending game against the arch rival Las Vegas Raiders. We appreciate you guys. How many arch rivals do they have? Everybody hates the Raiders. Good. Oh, gracious. Man, we got two we go. let's, let's hit. We'll hit Cristiano first. Appreciate you, you sending us out of here with the real much love MHH Denver Broncos for life. Appreciate it. You've been a, a huge part of this community lately, really stepped up this season and jumped in. And our Broncos for Breakfast Patreon, our uh, our benefactor, is Ethan, the DWI guy, is coming with 50 pounds. He says, great show, gents, and Broncos country. So thank you so much, everybody. And one of the reasons why we like being here. Yep. James says, best community out there, win or lose. Yeah, appreciate the heck out of you guys. Uh, continue to practice kindness and compassion. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Morning, Broncos country. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.